Hi, you're listening to the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. My name is Jessica Stewart. I'm an art historian and writer for My Modern Met, and I'll be your host. So you might be wondering, what's this podcast all about? Well, if you're interested in art and culture and want to learn more about the most creative minds of today, you've come to the right place. Since 2008, My Modern Met has been bringing the best of art, photography, design, and culture to readers around the world in order to show how we're one big city that celebrates creative ideas. Each week, we'll bring you a new interview with some of the most innovative creatives working today. So whether you're new to My Modern Met or a longtime dedicated reader, sit back and enjoy the ride. So before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our first guest. Albert Dross is a landscape photographer from the Netherlands. He's a Sony Europe Imaging Ambassador, and his photographs have been featured in Time, Daily Mail, National Geographic, and the Huffington Post. Personally, I fell in love with Albert's work a few years ago because I was struck by his incredible use of light and the way that he was able to transform his own backyard into something so eye-catching. And through the years, Albert's work has continued to delight, whether that be capturing someone quote-unquote holding a solar eclipse or photographing adorable penguins running around in Antarctica or even taking advantage of the moment and photographing Holland's most famous tulip garden in the midst of the COVID-19 outbreak. The strength of his portfolio and the variety of this work made me curious about how he got started in photography and how he comes up with the ideas for his projects. Listen as we sit down and chat about everything from what it takes to become a professional freelance photographer to how he's been inspired by his own backyard. Hey Jessica, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good, all good and uh, happy to be on the podcast. Just to start out with, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you sort of fell in love with photography? Well, uh, I have been photographing professionally for about, I think it's about eight years now. And uh, before that, uh, actually, I, I've always been uh, very interested in, in media and graphics. And ever since I was a kid, I was already uh, drawing a lot. I used to sit outside as a little kid, uh, like I remember sitting in the harbor when the ships came in and I was there with my little draw book and I was drawing everything. I really liked drawing. Um, and, and that's actually, I think, already where, where it started. Um, but um, I, I studied uh, multimedia, uh, multimedia technology and entertainment. Uh, and I have actually, I worked a lot uh, in, in the graphic industry. So I did a lot of design um, animation, uh, like all the, the graphics you see on TV, this kind of stuff. I, I worked on that. Uh, I've worked uh, a lot of years for television as well. Uh, and uh, I worked a lot in video as well. So I was always involved in media. Uh, and then I decided to move to Hong Kong. Um, why I had visited that city already uh, a few times. It was like mm -hmm. very inspiring for me. And I was like, mm, maybe a new environment can like trigger a new, uh, well, new interest, just something completely different. I always think it's, it's, it's good to do something like that. So I thought now is the time. I moved there. I stayed there for two years. And that's actually where I discovered the photography. Because uh, as everyone probably knows, when you go somewhere new, you get very inspired by everything, basically. It's like... Uh, like you're right. finding it's like an in the candy store you exactly know, yeah. new new environment new light new colors yeah and 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 i'm sure yeah everyone takes a lot of pictures also on their holidays so it's a it's a new environment and you want to basically capture everything so 
Um, I really discovered, uh, because I was already shooting a lot of video back then, and uh, with my camera where I was shooting video with, I started to uh, do photography with the manual lenses and stuff. And uh, there's also in Hong Kong and in Asia in general, there's like, well, I call it photography fever, kind of. So everyone's walking around with, with right. a camera. And a lot of people also have the, the full manual cameras, like the old film cameras. And there's a lot of labs uh, where you can develop your photos. And it's like this whole industry, it interested me so much. And, you know, there was just everything right. like this, the skyscrapers, the landscape, the street photography, the markets, you know, the night uh, photography, when everything is like reflecting all these neon lights you see reflecting on the streets. Basically, there was everything. And I just had, I just needed to capture all of that. And I, I just discovered my, my real passion for photography uh, right there. And that's where it kind of started. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And I mean, I think you see in your work even now, one, the adventurous spirit, because you say very casually, oh, I just moved to Hong Kong. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. for a lot of <laughs> yeah. people, that's, you know, unfathomable to pick up from where they their own country and get up and move. Yeah. And then also the sort of variety of types of photography you do, because I think you still do a lot of, you know, astrophotography, landscape photography, um, travel photography you know, a lot, a lot of variety. So um, it's interesting to see that that was implanted right from the start. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, I, and, and, and when, like you see now, when you see my images, it's, it's mostly landscape. Huh? So I, I kind of, everyone right. knows that in the beginning, when you start photographing, you kind of find like what you like and I like everything, but uh, I do think it's important to have some kind of specialty, you know, a niche where people can really recognize you, you from. So I, I really, yeah, I discovered that I just really like the impressive landscapes and cityscapes. And uh, when I moved back to the Netherlands, uh, so just let me make it clear that I, I just, I didn't just randomly move to Hong Kong. I did there my, <laughs> I finished there my, my master in uh, multimedia and entertainment uh, at the university because right. I thought, okay, I, I need to have some kind of goal. I'm not just gonna move there. Uh, randomly so I, I finished that in one year and then I stayed a bit longer and did some work some assignments uh, also in the in the television industry right there uh, but before that I was already just basically working seven years for myself right so I just thought okay well I can still get my master degree now why not so I just moved there and, and did that as well how did you know that passion you found for photography in Hong Kong then when did that transform into, well, maybe I could do this for work? Yeah. So basically what, what happened is uh, eventually I moved back to the Netherlands and I still had all my contacts there in the multimedia industry. And basically I could do, uh, just dive right back in the, the freelance jobs. Uh, but I continued my passion for photography back, back home. So basically I started to be the tourist in, in my own country, you know, in the, in the Netherlands and, mm -hmm. and started to photograph, um, yeah, also the Netherlands in, in, in a way that I really liked. And I always really like to challenge myself. So I started to do like astrophotography in the Netherlands, which is extremely difficult because we have one of the most uh, light polluted countries in the world. So it's, it's very challenging, but that's also something that makes it very interesting. Uh, at some point, uh, media started to pick it up. Uh, I was asked for magazines. I was asked for, well, all kinds of stuff. You, you kind of know how that goes. Like if your work is interesting, like you get contacted uh, automatically by, uh, by, by brands and, and companies and, and stuff like that. 
And at the same time, I also, yeah, I was very active on social media as well. So I just, I slowly built my photography career and I really had the time to do that because I was kind of in a luxury position, you could say, because, you know, I could just do my job, my freelance jobs uh, in television. Uh, and like at the same time, I could work on my photography. And at some point, I just started to make some money with my photography, like also giving some workshops, uh, selling some work. And it started to started to become like very slowly more and more. And at some point, mm-hmm. I was like sometimes saying, okay, guys, uh, I, I'm, I'm busy now. I, I, I don't have time for to work for the television because I have some other stuff to do. So, yeah, I could very slowly transition into photography. And, uh, yeah, and that's how, how it kind of happened. Well, I think it's great that you point that out because I do think that sometimes people, when they're looking to get started in a creative career or freelance career, think, well, this is impossible. How am I going to just go from zero to 100? And so the fact of having a sort of base and, and a bit of a safety net where, you know, you can pay your bills and you can... Yeah feel secure, but also leave yourself the time to work and nurture that other project is, I think, so key oftentimes to making things work. And I think sometimes people think it has to be all or nothing right at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And I think for it's very, very rarely the case. I think it's, it's very important to try to make that transition slowly because if you try to make it all or nothing, so basically you quit your job and you say, okay, now I'm going to do full-time photography. Uh, I think it can be very difficult. Um, and also there's very, there's a lot of pressure as well. It's very important that uh, when there's not much pressure, for me at least, I perform at my best. When I'm just doing my thing, I have no pressure, then I can make the best images because you know, there's if there's pressure involved, it's a, it's a different story. So, I think, but this, of course, it's different for everyone. Yeah, of course. I mean, some people have the ability to maybe save up and have a sort of like safety net yeah. in that way, like for a certain amount of time. And you said some people thrive under that pressure. Some people, as you said, prefer to um, not have the pressure when they're trying to be creative and then let it let it come. Um, I want to dial back a second to what you talked about in terms of starting sort of in your own backyard, because again, I think a lot of times people, you know, we see these on Instagram and photographers and they're going to all these amazing exotic locations (laughs) and it can seem like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to, you know, I can't go to Greenland tomorrow or whatever. And one thing that I love is that you, and you still continue to do projects exploring your own your own surroundings um and you talked a little bit about how that was a challenge but tell us a little bit about what you learned in terms of just stepping outside your front door and trying to make things work there yeah so i i think like i used to think exactly the same and i was in a position that i was traveling quite a lot uh but uh, in the end i found that uh, always the the pictures of my own country, of my uh, of the Netherlands, they are always the most popular huh, in my portfolio. Why? Mm. Because I live here and I can be there with the best conditions possible and can make the most impressive images, basically. If you go somewhere, you cannot control the weather and uh, you can get lucky, but you can get one week of rain and get maybe not the images you hope for. 
So in your own country, you can basically, you can just, you can shoot the most uh, interesting locations in your own country and just wait for basically the best conditions. Yeah, one beautiful city series you did recently was sort of the same locations, but in different lighting environments, in different seasons. And and obviously something like that is very, you know, difficult to do if you're just flying. You can't really do just flying in and out somewhere. And it made for a beautiful series to see that sort of evolution of nature. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I, I always think of all kinds of projects like this. So uh, shooting the same forest in different conditions through the seasons or like I make my tulip series I make my series of Amsterdam I have a recent project that I just finished after uh, three years it's, a, it's actually a time-lapse project I, I don't know if you have seen it but it's a yeah it's a three three years of work and like it's a project that is then finally finished but you have the time to do that because uh, like maybe it takes three years maybe five years maybe one year but it's your hometown right. so you can make something something big of that and it's also very interesting because in the beginning how i i, I wrote I, I i really like writing as well you know <laughs> I, I yeah you have a you have a great blog i think that's how part of how we first discovered your yeah, work was through exactly, the writing exactly through the through the writing and uh, just in the beginning i actually got known for writing about how uh, how my work in how to explore basically your own country because the the funny thing is everyone always says oh you live in such a beautiful place you have windmills you have the tulips of course you can make amazing images in the netherlands you have amsterdam but you know dutch people are opposite and everyone is basically opposite about their home country Dutch people, they say, ah, our country is nothing to do here. We don't have mountains. We don't have this impressive skyscrapers. Uh, what We have nothing, you know, everything is flat. But this is how everyone looks at their own country. Then I have these people from Indonesia saying, yeah, you have this, you have that. And I'm like, Dutch people, they dream of your scenery, you know, where yeah. you live. Yeah. So, so the grass is always greener. How everyone looks. Yeah. 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 How everyone looks at, at their own place. And I think it's very important, uh, a good body of work. Of course, it's nice to travel to some nice places, but the best you can actually shoot in your own country and also like uh, make some projects in your own country. Well, one project you did recently taking, I guess, advantage of the state that the world is in, you know, we're all in lockdown or have been or different states of that because of the coronavirus that I thought was quite clever is that you took advantage of that to get a different view of the Kuchenhof, which is an extremely, you know, the tulip garden in the Netherlands that everyone wants to go to. It's only open for a short window, which happened to fall during the lockdown. So ordinary people in the public aren't able to see those amazing flowers that people working year round to show. So how did you... How did you decide that you want to do it? And how did you then, you know, get the permission to go in and actually make it happen for yourself? Because again, I think a lot of times people have these great creative ideas, but they're, um, they get blocked on how to execute it or how to ask to make it happen. Um, yeah. And that seems like something you've been very successful with. Yeah, I, I'm quite successful with that. But I also have to tell you that I have hundreds of ideas and a lot of them, they just <laughs> never happen. And I'm sure many people 
can relate to that. Uh, but some of them, like this one, uh, it did work out. Uh, and yeah, basically, I I always, you know, I really like photographing the tulips. Every year I, I photograph the tulips in the Netherlands. And the Keukenhof, I never, I think it's a beautiful garden, but I never really enjoyed it because there are so many tourists always. Um, and, right. you know, I like this endless fields of tulips and I'm being there like all alone. I really like it. But uh, the Kuchenhof, yeah, I, I go sometimes with, with uh, my friends if they're visiting from another country or I go with my girlfriend. And it's it's also beautiful to sh- to photograph the flowers from very close and stuff. But you cannot photograph the bigger picture of the Kuchenhof because there are millions of people always in your, in your frame. <laughs> so, of course, when, when the corona situation happened and I was reading about it, like the Keuk, I was looking, I, w- I had this idea of, of the Keuken of hmm, what is happening here now? It's it's closed, but but what is happening? And I, w- I was Googling and I was checking their social media and I saw like, hey, uh, the Keuken of looks uh, as good as ever, but there are no people. And I was like, well, that's a shame because, you know, the people working so right. ha- so hard and uh, no one, no one sees it. And then I thought, of course, like it's a unique opportunity for me. It would be amazing to now finally go here because now there are no people. Now I can finally take those shots. And actually, I didn't expect to uh, them to to let me in. Uh, but I, I just I always try to write a, a, a quite a long email, not too long, but just a nice email to the marketing uh, people there, and just explaining what I do and. Uh, my passion for flowers and my previous articles about the tulips and stuff. I mean, I have series from the tulips where I photograph them from from the ground, but I also like uh, right. from the sky as well. Like I rent a plane, mm-hmm. and I photograph them from the sky abstract. And I, I was saying to them like, uh, one thing I still miss in my series is the, the most famous place in the Netherlands, the, the Keukenhof, without the people, because now it's so unique opportunity. I just really want to add that in my portfolio and explain it to them like okay guys uh, i will give you also my pictures we're gonna market it and we're gonna do it together and uh, and uh, yeah i just made a good proposal basically and uh, right. luckily they they called me and they said yeah it's a really cool idea let's do it so i also think it's very important how you approach these organizations because you have to show yes, you have to show a little bit of your own work like uh, show that you have a good intention and idea and also already good images to kind of back it up. But also like, I think it's very important to show uh, really like how interested you are in, in their thing. Like not only, only talk about yourself, but also like, hey, it's so nice what you're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, just, yeah, show a lot of interest in them. Uh, that makes them feel so much better than only talking about yourself. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I think also because you don't want them to feel like it's just a form email that you've maybe sent out to, you know, 20 different people and slotted in their name without any sort of regard for what they do. And I think what you also mentioned you did, which I think is that I think is fundamental, is you showed them how it was going to benefit them as well, because, you know, they're an organization. um, And maybe they would have said yes anyway, but I think it's a lot easier for them a marketing person to justify, hi, let's let this photographer in if they can say, 
this is how, you know, he has a plan and this is what we're going to do with the images. And those images did very well. Um, so it sounds like it was a success. Yeah, success. they were, it was a great success. I mean, uh, like I, I didn't expect actually that it was like becoming so big because it's uh, literally, I just, I, I just received every day emails from uh, very old people living around mm -hmm. the world especially people who have moved to the US uh, during the war and stuff, uh, like 70, oh. 80 year old uh, people. And they're sending me these emails, like how happy they are to see it. And it's, it's very interesting uh, how that works and such an impact, actually. Yeah, I, I would think that it's um, such a nice reward as a photographer when you, you know you have, a pro you have an idea, you know that you think it's interesting, but you never sort of know how it's going to be received yeah, by the public definitely. so to get that feedback and i think especially during this time where everyone was stuck inside and sort of missing you know normal life that it yeah. was a nice pick-me-up yeah definitely and i also think that uh like this kind of project because i have a lot of these projects like personal projects you can put uh, all your passion in it so of course we all have like um, if we talk about my job uh, my income, I, I do a lot of stuff. I, I do writing for magazines. I do photo tours. I do workshops. I do seminars. I mean, this, this weekend we had a great seminar in US completely online now, which is great. great. Many people are interested in that. Uh, and uh, like I do so many stuff. I sell licenses or images, but um, it's, it's very important for me to do like personal things. Yeah. But I also like it's a, it's my, I can put my passion in that, but at the same time I also think commercially. So I think okay, this is a cool, but how can I make money from this? And I think this is also very important to do. Uh, like also with with the Kuykenhof, of course, of course, commercially it's also very strong uh, this project because it's there are unique images from the Kuykenhof without the people. Sure, many people want to buy the licenses or prints or whatever. So commercially, it also has to be strong. Um, like if I think I'm, I'm going to Iceland, I'm going to shoot some amazing images there. Well, uh, good. But commercially, it's not strong at all because there are so many people going to Iceland uh, and there are so many people that already took these images and maybe much better than me that, uh, yeah, this is then purely personal. So I always try to make it interesting for myself but also have some commercial aspect to my my personal work so that uh, so that it's not like for well not for nothing it's never for nothing but you know I also have to make income from my work so yeah I think, I think that's, that's very smart and I think it's good to acknowledge because I think that sometimes there's this thought that creativity and earning money don't go hand in hand or that if you're thinking about how you're going to make money from something commercially, it means that you don't care about the creativity or vice versa. And yeah. to me, that's very much not the case. I mean, most of the creatives I know that are successful are, are like you. They think very much of both because as you said, you yeah. you sort of have to. Yeah, it's, it's very important to do that. But it's also very important, like you have to, uh, yeah, you have to be very careful. So, so sure. they're like daily, I get emails from people who, who want to use my work for free. Uh, and this is very normal in the industry. Yes. And there's also like uh, a lot of people, they get 
uh, or photographer first, they get also, they even get angry from this. But, you know, you also have to understand the other side. And like, I think we all have to, like as all creatives, we also have to kind of teach the whole industry that it's not really normal to give away your work for free. So it doesn't help you when you're getting angry at these people because no one wins from that. Like you have to kind of explain them, hey, uh, I cannot just give away my work for free because I'm doing this and this and this. And and like maybe next time they will be more careful uh, for yeah. asking. So I actually want to pivot and talk a little bit about one of your projects that you've done further afield. I mean, we talked about the Netherlands and exploring your own backyard, but one of the most intriguing places I think I've seen you've gone to a few times is Kyrgyzstan, which is a country that not that many people maybe visit from from outside. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what drove you to go visit, you know, what your visit sort of opened up to you as as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kyrgyzstan, you pronounce it. <laughs> Kyrgyzstan, sorry. <laughs> Kyrgyzstan, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, like when I first he- heard of the country, I also had, I had never heard of it even. So, no, but um, it's, uh, yeah, this is, I'm always very intrigued by new places in general. Uh, like I get triggered if I see some 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 interesting pictures on, online from places that I don't know. Then I immediately, oh, where's that? Uh, like, oh, this looks amazing. I need to go there. Like uh, in t- a few years ago, 2017, I also I went to Guatemala to to shoot that v- volcano erupting with with the Milky Way. You know, these are things that that I just you know I get triggered by nature and, and 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 like for me this is so strong that when i see something i just i just need to go there and i, I cannot stop myself basically from from the from from going and, and, and exploring a place so uh, kyrgyzstan it's uh, uh i need to give the full credits for that uh, to my girlfriend uh, Bermet, mm-hmm. uh, because she is from kyrgyzstan so uh, I, I met Bermet in in amsterdam and uh yeah she was just living here but um uh, of course when she said she 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 came from there uh, i was immediately interested in the country because uh, as a photographer i'm interested in uh, all this new uh, stuff and of course uh, like uh, immediately i thought yeah it's, it's it's close to pakistan and all the stan countries so i was like mm, is it safe to go there and stuff right uh, but um yeah it it, it turned out that this is a very it's a very beautiful and safe country and and when i saw these pictures for the first time that she sent me i immediately thought what is this <laughs> why have i never seen this kind of stuff because i saw these valleys with huge mountains and wildflowers and it was like I didn't know they had this kind of stuff there. I thought it's only like a desert or something, you know? Right. It's just uh, like, it looked just incredible. So I was immediately triggered by this. And um, well, uh, basically, so the first time I I visited her, uh, her home country, of course, I had to meet her parents and stuff, you know, that was, (laughs) of course, the the, the main purpose Uh to to visit the country. But of course, in, in my head, I was... Like uh, planning photo shoots, maybe maybe more <laughs> about the beauty of the country, or at least it was just a, a combination. Yeah. So, 
So I made a good photo series, which became very popular. And ever since then, I visited some more times. And every time I basically uh, explore a new part of the country because there are many places still to explore. Yeah, that's great. Well, what, you know, just sort of wrap things up. It'd be great to hear about what do you have coming up, you know, future projects? I know some of it might depend on how much traveling one can do, but, you know, what what's next for you? I just finished uh, some projects now. Um, so I, I went to Austria for doing a project for the tourism industry for the Styria province. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a, a very beautiful province in, in Austria. They call it the green heart of Austria. And I just finished that. So you can see uh, the work on, on my website. It's really, really, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with it because it's, again, it's some kind of a new place that not many people uh, uh, have have have, uh, have have gone to um well i of course just finished also my new t- time lapse film uh, and now actually for the for the future and near future i'm actually staying uh, at home a little bit uh, because i want to build some uh, educational things because i see now as a creative we always have to adapt to the situation and i see this yeah. uh, covid situation uh, i have no idea when i'm gonna do tours again like for all i know i'm stuck uh, one year without doing this kind of stuff uh, so right. I'm, I'm going to work now on more educational things um online based like a subscription maybe model or at least i'm gonna come up with something uh, like educational online based uh, which I think is very important now to adapt to the situation that people cannot go outside uh, to have some, um, yeah, some something online. It's very important. So I'm going to spend some time on that. Uh, I'm going to uh, come up with that in, I think, uh, one or two months. And then, uh, well, I will see. Of course. People can find information about your workshops on your website, albertdross.com. And there is a section about the workshops and on Facebook and Instagram at Albert Dross Photography. We'll have all the links in the description so you can follow along on his adventures and see what he's up to. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it was good talking to you. And uh, I hope uh, in the future we will talk again, maybe about some new stuff. Thanks so much for joining us at the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another look inside the mind of a top creative. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you heard, a five-star review to show your support would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to check out MyModernMet.com for all your art and culture news. See you next time.